Broadcasting to the four corners of the conservative universe, it's the Matlock Show. He loves all things conservative politics, and if there's a microphone nearby, you can bet he'll be the one beating the left over the head with it. And now, a true original, the common sense conservative, here's your host, Matlock. Oh, that's right. Hump day, Wednesday, Matt Locke here, so glad you're along for the ride. Head over to Twitter, Instagram, and Parlor at Real Matt Locke. Follow me over there. Um, you're going to have to follow me because I, I, I talk about big announcements and all kinds of things and stuff at Twitter, on Instagram, not so much Parlor, but at Real Matt Locke. You, you can find me on Facebook, The Cartel Matt and The Matt Locke Show, or you can just go to my website, TheMattLockShow.com. L-O-C-K-E is how you spell my last name if you're not familiar with this show. And you may not be because there's a bunch of new listeners out there. And I want to say thank you. Yesterday's podcast, you guys blew it up. Thank you. It was unbelievable. I got three times more listens than I've been averaging here in the first two and a half weeks. I know it was because of Chris X down there at KSEV AM 700, the voice of Texas, but Chris X is a great friend of mine. He's a great show host. And if you missed yesterday's podcast, please go to Spreaker, thematlockshow.com or iHeart or iTunes or Spotify or wherever you find your podcast and uh, check out yesterday's show. It was fantastic. It was huge. It was huge, huge, so huge. It was so, believe me, so huge. But, uh, Chris X is a fantastic radio guy. He's a good friend of mine. I call him a friend. Uh, He used to be uh, my partner in crime over on the conservative cartel. And we just had a great conversation about the G7, about uh, Joe Walsh running for president. And God, he does a fantastic impersonation of Joe Walsh. And then, of course, we talked about Joe Biden. So last night, I was sitting back on the patio doing a little show prep for the show today. And uh, I talked about Rich Little. Yesterday, so I went back and watched some Rich, Rich Little stuff. He was an impersonator. Um, there's videos out there everywhere on YouTube. I mean, it is fantastic the voices he could do. But Chris, he reminds me of Rich Little. So get over there and listen to that podcast yesterday. Thank you so much for making that. Uh, you, you guys blew it out of the water. I, I can't say any other thing other than that. You blew it out of the water. Hey, this portion of the show is brought to you by Verve Forever. Now they they sell CBD oil. And we're seeing now the government is becoming more and more friendly to hemp because that's where CBD comes from. It normally, um, they're saying it's below the threshold of your drug test. So they're, they're getting by with that. It's I, I don't remember the percentage. I, I'm not good on that stuff. I don't know what the percentage is to be legal. But people always ask me, Matlock, will it show up on a drug test? We're being told this does not with the THC. So head over to Verve Forever. Actually, here's how you get there. You can go to my website, thematlockshow.com, L-O-C-K-E. I've got a link there. That's my link. I'm a Verb ambassador. Um, I love that. They call me a celebrity. I don't think that's the case, but I'm a, I'm a Verve ambassador. You can go to my website, thematlockshow.com, L-O-C-K-E, and you can click on that link and you can get CBD oil, you can get cream, you can get it for your pet. I mean, it is amazing. Go check it out. And I'm telling you, today is August 28th. You have until the 31st to use the code VERVE, V-E-R-V-E, 5050 to save 50% off your initial 
order. How can you beat that? 50% off. Give it a try. Verve5050 in the code. TheMatlockShow.com is where you find the link. You'll get 50% off for your first time order. And if you order over $100, you'll get free shipping. How in the world can you beat that? Head over to TheMatlockShow.com. Hit that Verve Forever link. Get your CBD oil. Get your cream. If you got pets, I'm hearing it's amazing. The raves. Do it now. TheMatlockShow.com. Hit that Verve Forever link. Verve 50 will get you 50% off today. All right. I said on Twitter today that I've got some big announcements. And I do. And I apologize. I said this on Friday that uh, I had a big announcement coming. And like everything in anything, when you're dealing with media, radio, um, all of this kind of stuff, it, it just never it never happens on the time frame that you expect it to happen. And I don't say that is a bad thing. I don't say that is a good thing. It's just, it's business. I've been a sales guy. Um, Art of the deal, I've read it with Trump. He's a sales guy. Uh, Chris X talked about that yesterday. Um, everybody loves everybody in a sales deal. I mean, it, the, let me give you the outline of how this goes. You know, you get a call. You say, hey, Matlock, we love you. We love your show, and we'd like to do something with you. Oh, okay. Let me do some research on you. Let me see what you bring to the table. Let's have a conversation, and let's see where it goes. And then that conversation starts, and, you know, you're all lovey-dovey, and it's like a relationship, you know? It's that new relationship. It's new. It's fresh. It's amazing. All that stuff. And then you start learning that, you know, you're the, the person you like farts in bed. You know, you learn those little intricacies, um, they, maybe the way they chew bugs you, you know, but you're in love still. I mean, you're, you're still in love. You're still infatuated. So those little things don't bother you, right? And you're going through that. Uh, I know it's really kind of crazy, isn't it? You're going through that phase of your relationship and everybody's lovey-dovey. They're kind. There's kind words being thrown back and forth. You're saying all the right things. You're doing all the right things. You know, and then you get to the end where it's a contract and money and everybody stops being so lovey-dovey. And you get down to business because that's really what business is. And it's nothing personal. It's nothing personal. The company wants to pay you what they think you're worth. You want to get more. You, you want to get paid what you think you're worth. And so you start negotiating. And that's where I've been for the last, I don't know, couple weeks. And we finally got into a place where we both agreed, yes, let's do it. So the big, big announcement, I've got two announcements. Maybe I should hold off on the big announcement here. Um, let me do the small announcement first, Okay. The small announcement is I've been working my tail feathers off to get the matlockshow.com website up and running, which it is, and you guys have been visiting, which is fantastic, so thank you very much. Um, you can find my Verve link over there, my Scars and Stripes coffee link is over there, link to Rocky Stucci situation rooms over there. You can find my uh, social media, all that stuff. You can listen to the podcast. It's all up there. My website guy has been working diligently. I appreciate him a ton. He's been getting that done, but uh, I've been telling you that we were going to start rolling out merchandise, and we are. Tomorrow, I think, I, I, I'm, I'm going to say this, and I'm hoping it can be done. I think it will be done by tomorrow. I have the Matlock Show hats, trucker hats, the one-size-fits-all. I'm wearing one right now. I've got it on my big old fat manly head, and I love it. I'm going to put the picture up on social media later this afternoon so you can see it, but it, it's fantastic. They're the Richardson uh, trucker caps. 
the Matlock Show logo. They look fantastic. They're going up on the website probably tomorrow when I release my next podcast tomorrow around 4 o'clock Eastern. Now, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to do, okay? Um, I wanted to do a limited run to see how the, the logo that Scotty Roberts made me was going to look. You know, because you always, it, it, you got to get it digitized and then they they embroider it. And what we didn't do with the conservative cartel, because our logo was so intricate and, and had so many different colors and was hard to reproduce, we could not do hats that were embroidered, okay? Couldn't. So I did a limited run of Matlock Show hats. They turned out fantastic. So here's what I did and here's what I'm going to offer to you. Okay, I want you to listen closely. This is the initial run of the Matlock Show hats. The first 10 of these hats, I, I bought a dozen. I'm wearing one, one's mine, and I'm keeping one around just for whatever. The first 10, I'm going to put up on the website tomorrow to buy. I'm going to autograph for you. They will be one of a kind. They will be the, these, will, these are the initial 10 hats made for the Matlock Show. Because I'm going back to my lady probably here by the end of the week, and I'm going to order probably two, three, four dozen of them and start putting them up on the website. But I wanted to make sure they were right. I wanted to make sure they looked good. And I wanted to make sure that they the embroidery came across and the digitized from the amazing logo that Scotty Roberts made me to the hat, and they did. So for these first 10, you're going to have to pay attention. I'll put the picture up on Twitter this afternoon, sometime tonight and let you have a look at them. They're going up on the website tomorrow, probably around 4 o'clock Eastern, when I, when I normally let go of when I launch the, uh, the podcast for the day. I'm going to put the hats up. The first 10, I will personally autograph. I don't know if that's worth anything to you, but if you want an autographed, The Matlock Show, first edition, first 10 hats, you got to get over to thematlockshow.com. And order those hats tomorrow. I'll have them up on the website and on the shop tomorrow around the time I normally launch the podcast. So I'll put that up on social media later today. And that's my first announcement. So there you go. There's my first announcement. We'll get that up tomorrow. Here's the big announcement. So over the last, oh, I don't know. I left Mojo 5.0 and uh, Cuddle Me Buff, what, the end of July-ish? was when I when I left them. So now we're almost to September. Um, I've been working for a while on a deal with America's Voice News. And we have come to an agreement this morning, as a matter of fact, Wednesday, that I will be joining the America's Voice News crew. Now, what does that mean? Well, you're going to get more Matt Locke. You're going to get more Matt Locke show because I, you guys have noticed that I've just been doing the podcast. I have not been doing anything video and that's on purpose, you know, and I'm going to tell you a little backstory to all of this. When Doc first came to us and said, you know, I want to start this outlet. I want to start this platform. I want to live everywhere. I want to make sure that I can get my voice, my video, my audio, whatever it is. I want to get it everywhere. And we all thought, yeah, that's a great idea. Not so much, because I'm going to tell you, and I don't say this as, as any slight, I don't say this as any deal, but if you want to listen to the Matlock show, you will find it, and I hope you do. 
I, I seriously hope you do. And Doc had the vision. Well, we got to be everywhere. No, because when you're everywhere, it takes a lot of capital. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of programming and software and kick it out to Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and uh, Mojo TV and YouTube and wherever you're going. And when I started the podcast, I said, you know, I'm going to keep this very simple. So the podcast goes to Spreaker, which then pushes it out to iTunes, iHeart, Spotify, uh, CastBox. There's four or five different places. But outside of that, I'm not pushing it anywhere else. Um, I want to tell one of the listeners, I don't know who it was, I tried to get it over to Stitcher and they denied me. <laughs> I don't know why. I, I don't get it and I don't care because it's so much damn work to get this stuff everywhere. I put it to one source, and if you can't download iHeart, iTunes, Spotify, or any of these places that come from Spreaker, I'm sorry. I really am. I, I, and I don't mean that to be any slight to anybody. It's just I'm a lot of places in that one deal. I can put it on Spreaker, and Spreaker shoots it out to all those places for me, and I don't have to mess with it. Now, secondly, I didn't do any video because I've been negotiating with America's Voice News since I left Mojo Five O. And I'm going to tell you, and you can ask anybody, uh, I've talked to Rocky Stucci, he's a good friend of mine, you know, Chris X, all that stuff. Video is a great big pain in your ass. It just is. And I'm sitting here trying to do a quality radio show. I'm trying to give you quality information on top of that, trying to run audio and video and make sure everything's working right. And all that crap is tough. That's why I had Ron Phillips. Seriously, love Ron to death. Ron is a great friend of mine. We just didn't work as business partners, and that's okay. I have no ill will toward Mojo, The Blaze, Ron Phillips, anybody over there. I had Ron because he pushed all the buttons, and we did all that stuff because we thought that's where we needed to be. We thought we needed to be on Facebook. We thought we needed to be on Periscope. We thought we needed to be on YouTube. We thought we, They don't like us. None of those places like us. They don't like our message. They don't like what I say. They don't like what I talk about, and they they sit there and they censor, 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 censor us all day long. So the big announcement is I will have a live TV show Monday through Friday on americasvoice.news. If you head over there, it's America's Voice News. Um, it used to be americasvoicenews.com. They just redid their website. It's americasvoice.news. It is completely 100% conservative politics television. They're going to be running the deal. You're going to see my pretty face for an hour a day. So now you're going to get the Matlock Show podcast every day, an hour of podcast. And starting here in about, I would say, 10 to 14 days, we're going to be launching the Matlock Show television show. Not, not, not Andy Griffith, not, 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 not old Ben, Ben Matlock, but the Matlock television show. And you're going to get two hours of me a day. How about that? And you can go over and, and I wish, here's what I want you to do. I want you to subscribe to americasvoice.news.com. You can get it on Roku. You can get it on Android. You can get it on Apple. You can get it on Amazon Fire Stick. You can get it wherever you would like. Go get that app and watch the video. And I'm talking to you, Mickey. It's my father-in-law because he likes to watch me on YouTube because actually you can listen to the Matlock show on YouTube because that's where Spreaker throws it. It's just audio. It's no video, but America's voice will be handling all of my video. I will be doing my show daily. Um, it's going to be live. 
So, and it will probably air what I'm being told. I don't know this as a matter of fact, but I'm being told it's probably going to be 10 or 11 o'clock Eastern AM during the day. So an hour during the day. So there you go. America's voice.news. I am their newest show. We just finished that up this morning. I'm getting all that stuff done. I'm going to be doing a lot of stuff for it. For them, going to be traveling, going to be covering some rallies, going to be out there. It's a good move for me. I've been working on this, and that, my friends, listeners, is the major announcement. So please check out americasvoice.news and, and go download the app if you don't have it on your iPhone, your Android, your Fire Stick, your Apple TV, Roku. We can be found everywhere. There's big news coming on top of all that, but those are the big announcements. Going to be launching the hats probably tomorrow. And we should. I will let you know on Twitter. And you will be getting more of Matlock in a television show. And I'm going to tell you, the only place you're going to find my video is americasvoice.news. That's it. I'm not doing video anywhere else. It's too much of a pain in the butt. They're going to run and produce my show. All I'm going to have to do is get in front of that camera an hour a day and talk to you like I do now. So you're going to get two hours of Matlock every day. You're going to get an hour of podcast and an hour of video. How about that? You can't beat that, right? Right. So there are the big announcements. So glad that you guys are along for the ride. Hey, uh, Scars and Stripes Coffee, head over to scarsandstripescoffee.com, S-C-A-R-S, scarsandstripescoffee.com. There, if you don't know the backstory, uh, you can head to my website, thematlockshow.com. You can click on the link on my page. It'll take you right to their link. But they, they, they want to employ veterans. Their mission is to help veterans have a mission, to help veterans feel wanted, to feel useful again, to run their own business. They've developed an e-commerce platform where these veterans can go and they can sign up and they can sell merchandise, they can sell coffee, they can sell all kinds of stuff, and they get paid for what they sell. It's amazing. You can do it as a part-time gig, full-time gig, whatever you want to do, but Scars and Stripes coffee. Not only is it great coffee, I'm drinking it right now. Ordered mine. I'm drinking my Scars and Stripes right now. Oh, it's good. Not only is it great coffee, it's great for veterans. And you know how my heart is here at the Matlock Show when I did the conservative cartel. We love the veterans here. This helps out the veteran community, gives them a mission allows them to have a business, allows them to go out and be productive. They get put into small groups and group leaders. It's a fantastic deal. It, it is so amazing. Head over to scarsandstripescoffee.com. That's scars, S-C-A-R-S, and stripescoffee.com. Check them out. Order your coffee. It's fantastic. You'll be helping a veteran. If you use code Zeus, that's what I use. Z-E-U-S, that is Zach Brown's code, but uh, there, there's going to be a new website coming, all kinds of things coming on. You'll be able to find your veteran in your community that's selling Scars and Stripes Coffee. Go check it out, scarsandstripescoffee.com, a proud sponsor of the Matlock Show. And I love those guys. We'll do anything for them. Going to do some stuff with them as they grow. They're going to be about a year old here in November, which is fantastic. They're taking the world by the horns, and they're giving veterans a mission Go help them, scarsandstripescoffee.com. All right, let's get into the show. I've spent 20 minutes talking about me, which is not that hard. I mean, I like talking about me. I like me. I 20 minutes to clear my throat. But uh, let's talk about the 2020 race, shall we? Because the Democrat Party has about a million candidates running, and now here comes 
The Purge. Yeah, you heard me right. The Purge. Hold on. <laughs> it's probably too long, but that's fan screaming. It's it's just on my iPad. It's kind of funny. I'm about to put some more. I'm about to put some more uh, sound effects on my my my. But I could I could have done this. A little funky cut. Nah, that sucks. All right. Um, the purge begins in 2020 as the Democrat race tightens as cash starts to dry up. You know the sad thing about our politics today. You'd need a lot of money. Seriously. You better have a lot of cash to run as a presidential candidate. Joe Walsh is going to find that out real soon. Um, with It says it's gut check time in the race for the Democratic presidential nomination, which it is. Three White House hopefuls have called it quits over the past two weeks, and the winnowing of the 2020 field could continue later this week as it's all but certain that around half of the remaining contenders will fail to make the stage for next month's third round of nationally televised debates. Now, I want you to think about that. There's right now, there's about uh, 21 candidates that are still left in the race. And next month, September, because it's now the end of August, will be the third round of uh, nationally televised debates. Well, there's criteria that you have to make. And, and one of the criteria is how many donations you get, which is, needs to be like 130,000 individual donations. But secondly, it's where you rank in the polls, right? The percentage that you are in the polls. Now, the deadline to reach the qualifying thresholds uh, laid out by the DNC comes today. So you're going to see, um, you may not see, here's the thing. You may not see these Democrats uh, get out of the race immediately because it, it's such a different, it's such a different time. It really is. I mean, it is such a different time. There's a quote here in this story that says, um, this is from, let's see here, who, I want to make sure um, I quote who said this. Um, bah, 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 bah. Um, guy's last name is Ferguson. He worked for, uh, he was a senior spokesman for Hillary Clinton. Um, I can't seem to find his first name. Doesn't matter. Anyway, he says 20 years ago, once donors decided your campaign was, uh, over, was not viable. You couldn't keep the lights on. You were done. I mean, without money, you were done. And it takes a lot of money to run for president. See, he says today, these campaigns have built a grassroots donor base that will allow them to sustain themselves and give them the opportunity to capitalize on a moment that may or may not come. And in the social media era, a moment can change everything. So writing any of these campaigns off prematurely is a mistake. See, that's the thing. And I want to I want to talk about that for just a few minutes. Social media is a new tool for the left. You know, the Democratic Party doesn't get censored like we do on social media. I mean, I'll put out my podcast on Twitter. I'll put it out on Facebook. I'll throw it up on Parler, Gab, MeWe. I, I put it in a lot of places, and I get very little response to it. It's really weird. But I'm being censored. But Democrats 
they can go to Twitter, to Facebook, whatever their social media platform is. They probably got a little blue check mark, which I can't get for whatever stupid reason. And they get good response because the Democrats don't get censored. So yeah, it doesn't surprise me that, you know, look at President Trump. Look what Trump did back in 2016. He didn't spend a lot of money, but he utilized social media. He utilized his grassroots efforts to get people fired up, to get them informed, and then, you know, did what he had to do to become president of the United States. So um, the deadline for the debates is today. Uh, to hit this uh, third debate stage. And uh, it says, quote, the debates force candidates to decide whether they're viable to continue or not. Veteran Democrat strategist Jesse Ferguson, that's his name, uh, said the debates put that decision front and center for the candidates and force them to reckon with whether they have a path to victory. In the past two weeks, former Governor John Hickenlooper of Colorado, Governor Jay Inslee of Washington, and Representative Seth Moulton of Massachusetts all dropped out of the White House race. All three, this is what's amazing about politics today, all three of these candidates <laughs> immediately moved on to down-ballot races. Hickenlooper launched a bid for the Democratic Senate nomination in Colorado, while Inslee and Moulton announced re-election bids for their respective offices. So they just left running for the presidency and ran for their respective offices. Do you think they were trying to get name recognition? Do you think they were trying to build up a grassroots social media following to get more money to actually run for the seat they know that they have a better chance of winning than the presidency? Of course they did. <laughs> it says, while there's a strong chance other long shots may also bow out later this week, uh, others may give their candidates another month. The criteria to make the cut for October's fourth round of debates is the same as the third. So giving the lower tier candidates another month to reach said debate stage. Uh, quote says, I'd like to see candidates stay in at least until the fourth debate because there's a good chance some of them will qualify. For October, and I hope some of them will do do that, so people have a chance to see them," said Kathy Sullivan, a Democratic National Committee member from New Hampshire. Uh, she says there are some really great candidates who either got in late or haven't got the coverage that some of the others have. Who I'd like to see them have the chance to introduce themselves. And I, I laugh at late because if you think about it, late. I mean, we're still at this moment. We are still. What, five months from Iowa? Late? This isn't late. It used to be that you didn't jump into the race. I mean, if you really look at the Democratic Party, if you really look at what's going on within the Democrat Party, it's really, really odd, for one, because they started campaigning, good Lord, I mean, back in December of eighteen. That's the craziness about it all. They literally have been campaigning now for what? Nine, 10 months? I mean, that, that's really the thing. And it's too much. I mean, it's absolutely too much and for too long. So they say, oh, well, you know, I want to I give a, a good look to those who got in the race late. I don't think we're done. I'm going to tell you right now, and I've said this before, 
I don't think the Democratic Party's done with candidates jumping into the presidential race for the Democrat Party. I just don't. I still believe in my heart, and I know people say, you know, oh, there's no way, blah, 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 blah. I still believe you're going to see a Michelle Obama-type figure, if not herself, jump into this race because right now, these clowns that are running on for the left are just that, clowns. I mean, these people are crazy, ridiculous, awful. Let's let's fight about who can give the most free stuff away. And I've got an article in the stack about that coming up here in a minute. Um, Ten candidates have already qualified to make the stage for the, the third and the fourth debates. Here they are. Joe Biden, Cory Booker, uh, Pete Buttigieg. Uh, Julian Castro, which I can't believe that guy keeps. I mean, that guy, I don't know how he does it, but he must have some kind of support. Kamala Harris, Amy Klobuchar, uh, Francis O'Rourke, Bernie Sanders, and Elizabeth Warren, along with Andrew Yang. Billionaire environmental and progressive activist Tom Steyer has reached the fundraising threshold campaign contributions from 130,000 individual donors, but is short of registering at 2% or higher in four qualifying polls. He's reached the mark in three of them. Um, Tulsi Gabbard also hit the donor threshold and is two polls shy of making the cut. If Steyer and Gabbard fail to make next month's debate in September, it's a sure bet they march on and qualify for October. Now, Senator Kirsten Gildebrand out of New York. She's close to reaching the fundraising threshold, but has only hit 2% on one qualifying poll. Now, Gildebrand, I don't know if you know this, I was uh, reading an article the other day, Gildebrand is actually, here's what she's doing, which this is amazing, but this is what this is what campaigns do. You can, if you donate $1 to her campaign right now, because they need 130,000 individual donors. She doesn't have those yet, and she's not in the poll. So it's a double whammy kind of here, pressure luck kind of thing. But she is offering to you today, if you donate a dollar, one dollar, one dollar to her campaign, she will send you a free, free Kirsten Gilderman t-shirt. See, it's a socialism at its finest. You can get a $30 shirt for a $1 donation, and that's all you have to do. Because she needs 130,000 individual donors. She, can't, she hasn't got them. So now she's just going to bribe you. Hey, I'll give you, a, I'll give you a T-shirt if you send me at least a dollar. You got Rep. Tim Ryan of Ohio, who's not close to qualifying for the upcoming debates. He's also vowing to stay in the race. He says, we're going to keep going. We're getting momentum. No, you're not. Former Rep. John Delaney of Maryland, another low-tier, more moderate Democrat uh, contender, pledged to stay in. He says, I'm going to stick around, period. Now, Delaney acknowledged that he wouldn't make the third round of debates, saying that's fine. And he added that he felt good about the fourth debate. Um, Delaney, by the way, is a multimillionaire. And he's self-funding, so he can stay around as long as he wants. Steyer's the same thing. They've got their own money. They're going to stick around. But that is the bizarre case that is the Democrat Party in the upcoming debates here in September. It's a clown show. There's too many of them. That, you know, These rules are meant to skinny the field, to winnow it down. And uh, eventually, I think you'll get down to a viable, and I've said this before, we're going to see a working number of around four to five. And then whoever 
has big name recognition and wants to swoop in and save the Democrat Party is going to enter the race. It's not over yet. I'm going to tell you right now, we are going to have some some kind of a big name person jump in to the Democrat race. It, it, it's going to happen. It has to. Um, I want to talk about this real quick. I got a couple stories here I want to get to in the next 10 minutes or so before I move on to the final story of the hour. Um, Francis, Francis O'Rourke, he, uh, <laughs> the left is ridiculous for one, but uh, back in, oh, I don't know, October of last year, I think, um, Francis took to Twitter and he tweeted, the press is not the enemy of the people, but the best defense against tyranny. Right? I mean, this is the left. They're telling you that they were going after President Trump because Trump was calling out. I mean, if you take to Twitter today, you're going to see Trump's calling out Fox News. Oh, my God, they're throwing a fit there, too. I mean, I'm sorry. Fox News has went down the crapper. That's why I've joined America's, America's Voice.News. They're not Fox News. We're going to give you conservative news you can count on. I mean, you've got Juan Williams over there. You've got Donna Brazil. You've got Shepard Smith. I mean, it is crazy. And then, of course, you know, I saw my good friend Brandon Morse talking about President Trump and wanting a press that was favorable to, favorable to him, and he called that propaganda. Um, I don't call it propaganda, and here's why. What Trump is really asking for is a fair press. Just fairly report on what he's doing instead of putting the liberal left spin on it like we got the propaganda of the left. Right now, the Democrat Party, the mainstream media are in cahoots. They're, they're a propaganda arm of the Democrat Party. I don't think Trump's asking for favorable coverage. I think what Trump is asking for is coverage that is actually truthful. And if it were truthful, then it would show to be favorable to the president of the United States. So I kind of think my buddy Brandon Morse over there at Red States is a little bit off on that tweet today. Not far, though. I can see why you would say that because when Trump says stuff, you got to step back and you got to say, what did he really mean? And let's give it 24 hours because I don't think he meant that he wanted a favorable press. What I think he meant is he wanted a press that would actually cover the facts. So Francis said the press is not the enemy which the mainstream media it is the enemy. I mean, they don't write the facts, and Trump's right about that. And he said uh, it's the best defense against tyranny. So Francis's campaign, get this, ejected Joel Pollack from Breitbart News from a speech at Benedict College, a historically black college on Tuesday afternoon. Uh, Mr. Pollack was standing along the side of, side of the lecture hall in the basement of the Henry Pinder, Find Arts Humanity Center, waiting for the event to start, together with roughly 200 students and college staff members, other news outlets had set up cameras in the back of the room. Several minutes after the 3 p.m. event had been scheduled to begin, a staff member of Mr. O'Rourke approached this reporter, Joel Pollack, and asked what outlet he represented. Upon reading the press credentials on his chest, he put a hand on his shoulder and said carefully, oh, hey, all right. A few minutes later, before the event began, a campus police officer approached Pollock and motioned for him to accompany him to the back of the room, adding that he should bring any property he had with him. In the hallway outside, he was informed that he was to leave. A different member of O'Rourke's campaign staff who said his name was Stephen, according to Mr. Pollock, uh, would not give him a last name, 
said that he was being ejected because he had been disruptive at past events. Now, Pollock has covered two O'Rourke events. The first was a protest outside a shelter for migrant teens in Homestead, Florida in June. The second was at a College of Charleston's bully pulpit lecture in Charleston, South Carolina. And at no point was there ever an eruption or a disruption. Uh, Pollock asked a question during a press gaggle on Monday evening that was the only interaction of any kind with the candidate. Uh, the question asked the Democratic presidential hopeful whether misquoting Trump's comments on riots in Charlottesville, Virginia, was consistent with O'Rourke's pledge to heal and not inflame divisions in the country. An appropriate question, right? In the hallway of Benedict, Stephen threatened Pollock, saying that he could either leave voluntarily or he would be uninvited from the campus officially, suggesting that he would be arrested. Pollock complied with the police officer who said that he was just doing his job. He then appeared, uh, Pollock has appeared regularly as a guest on MSNBC and has covered the first two Democrat Party presidential primary debates in the 2020 cycle with the approval of both MSNBC and CNN. In addition, Pollock has covered campaign events from all over the major primary candidates, including Biden, Harris, Sanders, and Warren. During a town hall that aired on MSNBC last year, O'Rourke was asked by a college professor what he would do to protect press freedom. He said, if we don't have a free press, if we cannot make informed decisions at the ballot box, if we can't hold people like me accountable and make sure that we're held honest to the promises that we make to the job that we're performing in these positions of public trust, we'll lose the essence of democracy. But yet, Francis had Joel Pollack in Breitbart News removed from an event he was doing. You know, the amazing thing is, and you'll all say this, oh, well, President Trump removed Jim Acosta from the White House because he's being a douchebag. I mean, let's call it what it was. The guy was being an asshat. You can't be a moron and go to these events and act like an idiot and think that it's going to work. Now, Mr. Pollack, there's video, was not disruptive. He asked a question. He's part of the free press. But yet when the rubber meets the road, the Democrat Party never follows what it preaches. They will sit there and they will tell you that Trump can't call the press the enemy, but then they will kick out very said press out of their events. Doesn't sound very constitutional republic to me, does it to you? I mean, you know, do you ever get tired of watching the Democrats lie to you? O'Rourke's mad because Breitbart covers the news. I go to Breitbart frequently. It's one of the few outlets anymore that actually will cover the news. Now, speaking of which, the left is in a battle all of its own. They're, you know, they're trying to see who can outmaneuver the next candidate by giving away the most free stuff, right? So Bernie Sanders, Bernie Sanders, hits Andrew Yang's proposed universal basic income. Sanders says, people want to work. Yang, who saw a spike in his polling, uh, 4%, and qualified for September's Democratic presidential debate, has touted his universal basic income plan. And what that is, is he's promising to give every U.S. citizen 
$1,000 a month. Quote, Americans will work even harder when they get the resources in place to actually get ahead. Yang said, this is the trickle up economy from our people, families, and communities. He told Face the Nation this earlier this month. Quote, it will create over 2 million new jobs in our communities because the money will go right into local mainstream businesses to car repairs, daycare expenses, little league signups, he continued. And that's where the economic value needs to go in order to create jobs where people live and work. Now, I'm going to tell you something, Mr. Yang. Giving everybody in the country $1,000 is not going to work, and here's why. When you give someone free money, they've got no skin in the game. When there's no skin in the game, they don't appreciate it. So what do they do? They're not going to change anything they do. They're just going to take that free money and blow it. Now, are they going to put it back in the economy? Of course they are. Are they going to buy, um, let's say, a PlayStation 4? Or are they going to you know, go out and buy some more alcohol or cigars or whatever they like? Probably. Because, you know, that's what people do. They're impulse shoppers. To give people free money is a joke. I'm sorry. If you've got no skin in the game then you cannot appreciate what you are given. It's human nature. So this is, I mean, I'm sorry, but this is not the way to go. Universal income, and where how are you going to pay for it? You know how you're going to pay for it? By people, you're going to take it from hardworking people and give it to people who are not hardworking. It's what's going to happen. Now, Bernie Sanders, a self-described champion for the working class, well, he disagrees with the giveaway of $1,000 a month. And he told Hill.TV that his federal jobs guarantee is preferable because people want to work. Now, once again, Bernie, federal jobs, no better than free income because federal jobs don't produce a product. See, that's the problem. We have too many federal jobs jobs. We have too many leeches sucking off the teat of government. We have too many people that don't make any kind of product. The only reason they get paid is because you and I, the hardworking taxpayers in this country, pay our taxes. They're a leech upon society. It's unreal. So to say that giving someone a thousand dollars a month or giving them a guaranteed federal job both are terrible ideas now sanders's website provides similar details on his federal jobs guarantee assessing that the u.s will need millions of workers to rebuild our crumbling infrastructure Roads, bridges, water systems, wastewater plants, rail, schools, affordable housing, and build our 100% sustainable energy system as part of his new Green Deal. He also calls for hundreds of thousands of workers to provide quality care to the young children of our country and supportive services for seniors. Now, Yang hit back against Bernie Sanders. Critics in a pair of tweets Tuesday afternoon, he says, Bernie ignores the facts that money in our hands would create hundreds of thousands of local jobs. Number two, recognize and reward the nurturing work being done in our homes and communities every day. He also assumes that everyone wants to work for the government, which isn't true. And he's right about that. Not everybody wants to work for the government. Now, a lot of people do because they think, "Woo, kosher job, good money, great benefits. Let's go suck off the government teat. Now, in a second tweet, 
Andrew Yang says, it's very strange. He, Bernie Sanders, seems open and warm to the idea of a universal basic income not too long ago. Now he seems irritated every time it comes up. Well, here's the thing. Um, Bernie Sanders doesn't like being out freed. Is that a word? Out freed? He, he doesn't want to be out, give away free stuff. He just doesn't. He wants to be the, see, Bernie's time is coming gone. I've said this before and I'm going to wrap this up because I got one more thing I want to talk about in about 15 minutes to do it. Bernie Sanders was the initial socialist. He, he, he ran against Hillary Clinton. He passed his time. He wanted to give everybody free stuff. Uh, Hillary Clinton was more of a moderate. I can't believe I just said that. Democrat. And uh, Bernie was a viable option. Well, now there's too many Bernie Sanders in the running for the Democrat Party. And now Bernie's irrelevant, old, white. And I don't know if you saw, he hit the punching bag and it punched him back. I mean, this guy is frail. He is a bully. He's a pain in the ass. He's grouchy. The San Francisco restaurant owner out there, when he was out there in San Francisco for the Democrat, uh, whatever the hell they were doing, said he was a jack off. I, I mean, here we are. He's a jerk. He was rude. Welcome to Bernie Sanders. The guy has missed his time. I like this Andrew Yang. I don't like universal basic income, but I like the fact that he is an entrepreneur, that he's technical, and that he somewhat gets some things. So that means he won't make a dent in the Democratic side of things. All right. I want to get to this final story that uh, is absolutely amazing to me because we're talking about the press today. We're talking about, you know, how the left and, and says that Donald Trump attacks the press and we're called Nazis and we're censored by the left. And if you're a conservative like me, you're going to get censored. You just are. You're, you're going to get censored in a way we go. You're going to be called a Nazi. You're going to be called all kinds of crazy names. You know, we take it in stride because, you know, we have thin, we have thick skins. We get it. We, we, we get it. These people are morons. But uh, New York Times' Brett Stevens, this guy is crazy. Now, he got called, I want you to imagine this, he got called a bed bug. I know. It's crazy, right? I mean, I know. It's It's crazy. Oh, I should say to you, by the way, this, this segment, this final story brought to you by CombatFlipFlops.com. Head over to CombatFlipFlops.com. Use LOCK25, L-O-C-K-E. Get 25% off of everything on their website. Bad for running, worse for fighting. CombatFlipFlops.com. Use LOCK25. Save 25% off anything on their website today. CombatFlipFlops.com. Do it now. All right, Brett Stevens. Called a bed bug. I, I mean, oh, the atrocities, right? So he was so butthurt that he shut down his Twitter account because the guy's an anti-Semite, by the way. He's a moron, and he decided that he was going to take to meet the press with, uh, I think it, if that's not, uh, it's not Chuck Todd. It's the other moron. I can never think of his name. Um, it's meet the press, and it's, uh, is it Chuck? No, it's not Chuck Todd. Is it Chuck? I can never remember. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. But uh, I want you to listen to this audio clip. Let me make sure I uh, turn it up so you can hear it. But I want you to listen to this and listen to this Brett Stevens, oh, I don't know, about a month or so ago before all of this stuff out came out. Here we go. Erickson's take on the president this week. They both agree on one thing, that the president had erratic behavior, and that's as far as they get. Here is Andrew Sullivan. If you can begin even to engage this bizarre, dangerous, deranged, and ignorant stream of consciousness and try to discern some kind of logic or pattern, 
your brain will break. Here's Eric Erickson. I'd rather a president whose behavior makes other people feel comfortable being braying jackasses than a Democrat who wants to take away my health care while giving health care to illegal aliens. The president may be nuts in his behavior, but I'll take his crazy over the insanity the Democrats would unleash on the United States. Red Stevens, I feel like that that it's an interesting the Eric Erickson rationale. I thought I heard a little bit of that rationale yeah, I mean, a bit in, 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 in Mr. McIntosh. It's extraordinarily Manichaean. I mean, let's let's see who the Democrats uh, uh, wind up uh, wind up nominating. The real issue for for Republicans is simply to call out the fact that the president does not stand in any way for the traditional conservative economic principles that have defined the party for the better part of the last 70 years. They don't even stand, never mind the economic principles, broader principles of character. I mean, what, what we saw over the last few days is a president who is either mentally unwell or morally unfit. Maybe both. I don't know. But it's important to simply call these things as we, uh, um, as we see them. He, you, you have behavior that is, is unprecedented in any kind of uh, presidential history in the United States or, 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 frankly, elsewhere. So when I hear guys like Eric say, well, you know, this is, at the end of the day, this is a choice, you know, I'd actually rather have a, a candidate on the Democratic side who at least doesn't scare me every single, uh, every single morning. Oh, I would rather have a candidate, at least on the Democratic side, that doesn't scare me every single morning. Hey, do you do you put your testicles in your wife's purse, too? I mean, come on. This is Brett Stevens, by the way. This is a New York Times editor, writer, whatever the hell he is. So on Twitter, I want you to think about this. On Twitter, this Tom Elliott. He says, at Brett Stevens, New York Times, on quitting Twitter after being called a bedbug, uh, analyzing people to in, analogizing people to insects is always wrong. Being an, an, analogized to insects goes back to a lot of totalitarian regimes in the past. Are you kidding me? I mean, this guy is pissed that he has been called a bedbug. He is pissed, and you know what he does? He actually runs down this guy's boss who took to Twitter and called him a bedbug, right? Compared him to a bedbug. Well, this Stevens went on MSNBC and basically compared being called a bedbug to the Holocaust and claimed, you're not going to believe this, that he had CC'd, carbon copied, the man's boss not to harm him professionally, but to make the boss aware that his employee is like Hitler and stuff. I want you to listen to this. This is just absolutely crazy out of your mind. This is Brett Stevens after being called a bedbug on Twitter. Here we go. Your Twitter account after a controversy that involved someone calling you a name. Would you like to comment on that? Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm going to be careful with my words okay. because I know these are going to be uh, examined carefully. So I think Twitter brings out the worst in its users. It tends to bring out the worst in its users. And yesterday, um, a professor at George Washington University described me as a bedbug or a metaphorical bedbug, uh, just in the context of the New York Times having a, a bedbug problem in our building. And I think that kind of rhetoric is, is dehumanizing and totally unacceptable, no matter where, where it comes from. So I wrote him. Oh, come on. 
It's dehumanizing that you're a freaking bed bug. You're out there saying that President Trump is out of his ever loving mind, that he's Hitler, that he's a moron, and your little widow, 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 butt hurt. Oh, you call me a bed bug. I'm going to get you. He goes on. Personal email. I didn't go to Twitter. I wrote him a, a, a personal email, which I think was, was, was very uh, uh, civil saying that I didn't appreciate it, that I would welcome him to come to my home in New York, meet, uh, meet with my family, and see if he would call me a bedbug to uh, my face. Because a lot of the things people say on social media aren't the things they're really prepared to say in one-on-one -on -one interactions. I also copied his provost uh, on the note. People are uh, upset about this. I want to be clear. I had no intention whatsoever to get him in any kind of professional trouble. But it is the case that the New York Times and other institutions that... Uh, people should be aware, managers should be aware of the way in which their people, their professors or journalists uh, interact with the rest of the world. That's certainly the case with, uh, with me at the New York Times. My, my editors are always aware of, of what I'm saying, and I've sometimes been called to account uh, uh, rightly so. He then posted my email on Twitter, so people are free to go and look at what I, uh, uh, what I had to say. All I would say is that using dehumanizing rhetoric like bed bugs or, you know, analogizing people to insects is is always wrong. We can do better. We should be the people on social media that we are in real life. I would agree with that. Unbelievable. So I want you to listen to this. Here is the email that Brett Stevens sent to this gentleman's boss. He says, someone just pointed out a tweet you wrote about me calling me a bedbug. I'm often amazed about the things supposedly decent people are prepared to say about other people, people they've never met on Twitter. I think you've set a new standard. I would welcome the opportunity for you to come to my home, meet my wife and kids, talk to us for a few minutes, and then call me a bedbug to my face. What are you going to do? Get in a fist fight? That would take some genuine courage and intellectual integrity on your part. I promise to be courteous no matter what you have to say. Maybe it will make you feel better about yourself. Please consider this a standing invitation. You are more than welcome to bring your significant other cordially, Brett Stevens. So I want you to get this, my friends. I want you to get this. You just heard him. A New York Times columnist. Someone who supposedly works for the most prestigious newspaper in all of the world. Number one, completely, completely freaked out over being called a bed bug. Number two, got so freaked out and so angry, he took the time to hunt down the offender's email address. Number three, composed an email to said offender. And number four, tried to get the offender in trouble by tattling to his boss. What a Nancy Panny, what a baby. You know, what? who are they hiring over at the Slimes? You know, I cannot imagine a day on social media where the worst thing that happens to me is you call me a bed bug. I mean, is, is, is Stevens really that thin-skinned? Or is he some kind of mental case easily triggered into this kind of destructive and self-destructive behavior? Is he nuts? Every single day on social media, and this is, this is John Nolte talking, by the way. Every single day on social media, people attack him in a host of juvenile ways. 
looks, age, beliefs, failures, faith, wife. You know what? He doesn't care. And I mean, it, you would be amazed at the crap I receive on social media myself. You would be absolutely amazed at the venom and the crap and the innuendos and the insinuations and the name calling and the idiocy that is social media. And you know what I think to myself every time I get one of those? I just won that argument. That's that's where we're at today in this country. That's where this guy is such a little girl. His wife's got his testicles in her purse that he has to run down this guy's email, send him and his boss an email and say, you know, your professor there isn't in line with the views of the propaganda machine, so he should be fired. Come on, Brett Stevens. You think for a second that you needed to go and find his email, that you had to carbon copy his boss. The only reason you did any of that was you were hoping there would be some kind of disciplinary response on the part of that guy. And I'm going to tell you, I'm sick of this. I, I hate, this is why I work for myself. This is why I work for myself. I'm going to say what I want to say. I'm going to do what I want to do. If you don't like it, change the channel. Don't listen to the program. Get your little butt hurt craziness out of my face and please stop lecturing me on the fact that there's any civility in politics because there's none. And the left is the leading cause of it. There isn't a bit of civility in politics anymore. And I'm not going to apologize for a damn thing I've ever said because it's all true. If I've said it, if it's come out of my mouth, that is my opinion. It is absolutely 100% true, and I'm not going to apologize for anything I said. So, Mr. Stevens, go F yourself. I mean, they could not. I'm, I'm going to say something here as I finish up the program. The Democrat left could not walk a day in my shoes. There isn't one person on the Democratic side of the ticket on social media or anywhere else that could walk a day in my shoes because of the names I'm called, because of the vitriol I receive. I mean, you know, I've had people say, I hope you wreck your car and die a fiery death. Well, you listen to the program. Thanks. You know, that's a daily occurrence. And yet this Mr. Stevens, he gets one guy to say, you know what? You're a bed bug. By the way, there are bed bugs at uh, the New York Times or wherever the hell he is writing. I think it's the New York Times. I'm almost positive that it is. But uh, yeah, it is the New York Times. Um, there's bed bugs there. there. There's bed bugs there. So it must have hit close to home. But this is dehumanizing. This is terrible. I, I invite you to my home. I'm not inviting anybody to my home. People are crazy. I'm not going to tell you where the hell I live. I mean, this guy is nuts. And the only thing he's doing is he's mad that he got called out. And the left can't handle it. The left is so used to being social justice warriors. They're so used to being behind their keyboards. They're so used to, to calling people out and doing the things they do and all the things they want to call and the people they want to and the things they want to say. And then they get amplified. They're not used to being fought back. And when it happens, they can't even deal with it. All right, guys, we're at the end of this. Unbelievable. An hour has come and gone. The big announcement. AmericasVoice.News signing the contract today. I'm happy to say you're going to get an hour of live video every day of the Matlock Show. You're going to get an hour podcast. going to be traveling around for them. It's going to be fantastic. Make sure you head over to TheMatlockShow.com. Merchandise is coming. I'll let you know when those 10 hats are available. The first 10 
I'm going to autograph. They're the initial run. If you want to be in on the ground floor here, you're going to get over to thematlockshow.com and get you that hat. More merchandise coming. We're going to have t-shirts. We're going to have hats. We're going to have a bunch of other stuff. you got to pay attention. But for today, The Matlock Show is out. Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans. 30% of Americans who are planning home improvements of $5,000 or more will pay for those renovations with a high-interest credit card. That may not be a great idea. A better idea may be to take cash out of your home with a Quicken Loans 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. The rate today on our 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 3.99%, APR 4.08%. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate subject to change. Pay 1.25% fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 33. What is life? Life is about compromise and realizing you can't always get what you want. Now you can always get what you want without compromise with the new Quattro Pizza from Little Caesars. With two slices each of cheese, pepperoni, sausage and pepperoni, and sausage and bruschetta, it's four tasty pizzas in one, all for just seven bucks. Take that compromise. How's it feel to get literally everything you want in one large Quattro Pizza, hot and ready every day from four to eight at Little Caesars? Hmm? Pizza, 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 pizza. Participating locations for a limited time plus tax. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii.